If you're a longtime listener of Podcast Stockton, you know that our shows have never had profanity. Well, so much for that plan. This episode contains profanity. From 8th Street to 8 Mile Road, from I-5 to Highway 99, Podcast Stockton. The show all about the great life in Stockton, California. This is Podcast Stockton. Welcome to Podcast Stockton, episode 102 for September 4th, 2016. Welcome back to our returning listeners and welcome to our new listeners. I'm Susan Spraker. And I'm Matt Beckwith. We'd love to hear your comments and suggestions for the show. Any feedback you have for us, you can email us at podcaststockton at gmail.com or leave us a message anytime you want or even text us at 209-565-3229. We heard lots of feedback from episode 101. Yeah, my interview with Stephen Bentley um, was great. I enjoyed sitting down with him. And coincidentally, we did not, we didn't plan this. No. We did not plan this. We couldn't plan this as I, good. I did the interview with Stephen a while ago. And then it just so happened that a, a week or so later, your article in The Current with Stephen Bentley. So it was great that we... Got to feature him on our show. Yep, and then, and then the, you wrote a beautiful, wonderfully um, written article in the in um, in the current. Oh shucks. Yeah, so that was uh, that was just good timing. That was very that was very <laughs> good timing. That was you and I being on the same wavelength. That's right. But it's great to show someone like uh, like like Steve some some love. You know, he's he's gotten that guy that guy can't get enough press as far as I'm concerned. No, he is just incredible and what he's doing yeah. is incredible and yeah, I'm really glad that we could both cover that in the same yeah, week. That was cool. He's doing great things. You got to go down um to I see did. Him. I got to go to the hub and it yeah. was so cool. Don't you just feel like like this is somebody that's like that's his calling. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. And he's just so good at what he does and he just loves what he does. Yeah. He it's, works on bikes even on his days off. Yeah, he's he is a he is an incredible guy. I love it. He is he is one guy that everybody should find a, you know, find 15 20 30 minutes and sit down and have a beer with him cuz he's just he's just he's he's a great guy. Glad we got to share the story and again. Great job on your article in thank the Thank you. Uh, in the current and great job on the article on the first tee as well. So Thank you. Thank I, you so um, much. Look forward to reading the current every month and certainly since I know um I, at least one of the writers there. So nice, <laughs> nice job. Thanks so much. Last weekend was Pride Festival. Oh yeah, you didn't make it out there. I did not. Boy, that was fun. That yeah, was, yeah, and the the new venue. Um, at, That's right. At downtown at Weber Point was was great. Uh, my wife and I and um, have been to the last four before there at, at Oak Grove Regional, and, and it was great. But it was always dusty. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it, was it wonderful. is wonderful. It was wonderful to be in in downtown Stockton. I, I never, I didn't hear any of the the um, attendance figures, but it seemed like it went off well. And and, um, and you I had a job there? there. Well, for some of the day, the um, SJBC, we were parking bikes right up front, so we encouraged nice. people to ride their bikes down there. We offered free valley parking. We love doing that at events downtown. But it was a great fun event. I mean, you don't get, in my opinion, there are very few events that have that feeling of, of camaraderie and, and, and love and support you joy. Know, and, and pride. Yeah. Probably a lot of joy in that yeah, day. Great, um, great entertainment. Lots of, of wonderful booths. Um, I was telling you earlier, it's like going to those events is like old home week. You run into people that you, you know, from all different facets of Stockton. And the great thing, since I was right by the, um, by the entrance and we were parking bikes, talked to so many people that came from the Bay area, the East Bay, 
Oh, that's um, nice. You know, up in the foothills, Modesto, Sacramento, there's lots of folks uh, coming out. So I think Stockton looked um, looked very good that week. Nice. Yeah, it was very, it was very fun. Definitely can't wait for. Uh, I hope the next one. I hope the Pride Six is um, is out there. And that was the last weekend. Looking forward a little bit um, after this show comes out next weekend, Sunday, September 11, is um, Stockton Beer Fest. Oh. It's right before Beer Week, so uh, tickets are still available. Um, go to visit Stockton.org to get all the info for Stockton Beer Fest. Um, I am looking forward to to that event. There's going to be a homebrew um, beer uh, class or something going on there, and and uh, lots of lots of brewers from around the area. And then the week after that starts um, Stockton Beer Week, September 16 through 25, and uh, go beer. Yeah, go beer. Lots of beer stuff going on in Stockton. That's awesome. You sat down with Jenny Fay, and I'm excited to learn more about her. I love her blog. Yeah, Jenny Fay Kluster, the um, the proprietor, the writer, the creator of uh, of Swearing Mom, the Swearing Mom's Guide to Life. The blog uh, S. Yeah, is it is an incredible blog, and um, I was really lucky. You know, she doesn't live in Stockton, but she has enough connections in Stockton, and um, she certainly is a part of this community and and um, gets here. As, as often as she can. But uh, the last time she was in town, I was lucky enough to sit down with her and have an actual conversation um, with even some profanity. Nice. Well, <laughs> you know me, I, I like profanity. Sometimes those are the only words to properly describe things. There you go. Well, um, obviously, I couldn't interview the swearing mom without allowing her some leeway with profanity. So after more than 100 episodes, we finally have a show with the explicit tag and uh, this is the first one we're proud to have that uh, that first explicit tag with the swearing mom herself here's matt's conversation with jenny faye Kluster. jenny faye Kluster grew up in stockton and is still part of the fabric of our community even though she her husband and two sons moved to southern california four years ago she started her own family here and worked as a successful business owner before heading south. After moving to Southern California, Jenny Faye started her blog, The Swearing Mom's Guide to Life. Her blog is full of opinions, personal stories, as well as amazing food and drink recipes. Before we sat down for the actual interview, we started in my kitchen, where Jenny Faye made me one of her cocktails. Jenny proved that there is a story in everything, even in making a cocktail. So my uncle makes jam. He he calls it Jimmy Jams. And my grandma's the one that taught him to make the jam. And so she passed these cool gadgets down to him, these old, old cherry pitters. And I asked him today if I could borrow them because I was going to make a cherry cocktail for you. And he said, honey... I'm done with the fucking cherries. You get to keep these. They belong with you anyways. They're part of your heritage. The handheld one was your great-grandmother's. And the jar pitter is your, was your grandmother's. So I'm kind of excited. Uh, not only am I getting to pit these cherries without having to cut them open and laboriously do it with a knife, I get to take these home with me. So this is the new version, right? 
So, which means my grandma probably got it sometime in the 50s. And this, this was my, my great-grandmother's version, this little handheld version, which I can honestly say I've never used. So let's see how that goes. Oh, <laughs> pretty good. The other one's better. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. Is when, I guess when you live in the Central Valley and cherries are a thing, you got to make sure you have the proper implementation to yeah. get rid of their pits. I miss cherries, man. I when I see cherries go on down south, I I just think of I had customers that would bring me crates of cherries when I still lived here, and when I have to pay four and five dollars a pound, yeah, it makes me sick. <laughs> but I do it because I love cherries, like really love them. Probably my favorite fruit. Cool. <laughs> What's the name of the drink you're making us? Cherry limeade. Cherry limeade with vodka. Hard cherry limeade. There you go. Okay, so I think we'll start with juice of a whole lime. <laughs> okay, so maybe a handful of cherries. A couple of tablespoons of brown sugar. Brown sugar and cherry is so good. It's like rich, better than a simple syrup, I think, because <laughs> you really kind of get that kind of caramelly flavor in with the cherries, which have a naturally rich flavor on their own. And we're just gonna smash the shit out of them. I'm really just getting the brown sugar and the lime in with the cherries. And what that does is it kind of uh, macerates the fruit, which pulls the juice from it. So as you can see there, it's getting kind of syrupy in there, mixing with the brown sugar and with the lime juice. And that's what you want, because that's gonna all go into your beverage. We're gonna kind of leave the chunks behind, but we're gonna take all that really good juice that I'm getting out of there. Next, we are going to add the vodka. So, we did 10 cherries-ish, and two kind of heaping tablespoons of brown sugar. And we're gonna do three full to the top shots of vodka, which technically that's about an ounce and a half each. But this is for two drinks. And I don't make drinks for sissies. <laughs> so, I hope you're ready for that. Okay. Pour over two iced glasses. So we're gonna add club soda. With a great drink in hand, we sat down and started the rest of our conversation. I asked her first about starting her blog. 
the start of the swearing mom was the swearing mom's guide to life. I, I thought it would be fun to kind of start chronicling my my LA adventures. When I had first moved to LA, uh, I was feeling really lonely, and my mom was lonely for me. And I wanted to create a place that we could, I could share these new adventures that I was going to be having with my family. I wasn't running a flower shop anymore. I was going to have time to write again, which I've always enjoyed writing. And so I thought this will be a good outlet for me creatively and it will help me keep my family in the loop. I had to teach my mom how to follow it and how to (laughs) um, actually make the blog go to her email. Like, hey mom, this is a blog. Yes. She did, I believe she did ask me, like, what blog, is, what is that? I don't know what you mean. Yeah. Um, and she was just barely, like, figuring email out anyways. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> sorry, Mom. Um, but I knew that I just wanted a place to kind of put it all down. I wrote for a while, and I added a few pictures, and I would talk about our little journeys. And then I kind of fell off, and then eventually... I jumped back at it and somebody had asked me to share some recipes or something like that. And I'm not a chef by any stretch of the imagination. I just like to fool around with stuff in the kitchen. And so I decided that I would talk about this tour that we had taken of the Sriracha factory. And it's in Irwindale, not far from where we live. And we went on this tour and they gave us these chili peppers. That's part of the tour. You get the sriracha chili peppers. They have just bins of them around and you can grab them. I grabbed a bunch and put them in my purse. <laughs> and that afternoon I went home and I made a cocktail from them, which I called the sriracha cha. Oh, nice. And it's a spicy little, little cocktail that I did. And that was my first attempt at a video and that sort of thing. So I just kind of got my feet wet and then I just didn't do it for a while. And then uh, my friend Alicia, who um, her she's married to a Stockton native, uh, Lucky Diaz, and he is Lucky Diaz in the Family Jam Band. And I mean, like Latin Grammy winners and like, you know, doing big stuff. And she was kind enough to send my information to her literary agent who took me on and said, yes, please send me your work. Hmm. And so we talked about how important it was to kind of create a platform and how to kind of have something to back up your book. And so I decided that I was going to commit to a year of adding regular blog content. And that was last June, so June of 2015. And I've kept up with it for a year. And it's been an incredible year. Like, I just had no idea that people would actually give a shit about what I had to say. And I had no idea that anyone would care to make the crap that I was making. And I didn't know what I was doing photographically, but I work with two photographers, um, Baron Norris and Stephen Montoya, who are just fantastic people, amazing human beings, and really amazing photographers. Mm -hmm. And so very, very little I've picked up from them, and I can kind of take Mm -hmm. a decent picture to add to my blog. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of how it 
all came to where it is now. After a few years of writing her blog, she moved to videos, which have become very popular. Oh, Mike and I have been talking about creating videos for a long time. And it was something that I was kind of uncomfortable with because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> and I just, I don't know, like, I, I guess in some way I was just feeling like, well, like who really wants to see that video? Initially, she didn't know if people would like the videos. I asked if she's been pleased with the response so far. I have, yeah. I mean, way more than I thought. I, I thought maybe if I put out a few videos and got, you know, 10,000 views, that would be great. And I mean, I think collectively with the three videos, I'm at somewhere around 40,000 views. Um, I'm not sure of that number, but it's somewhere up there. My first video is, is well into 20,000 views. So that's And really more than cool. the views, as you said, people are making your recipes. They're yes. making your drinks. What's, what's that feel like? It feels kind of cool. Make them it feels cool. And it also feels cool when people are making them and they do their own modification. Uh, I had one gal that made a drink that I made with blackberries. She made it with blueberries and... She added some lemon zest. And, and I mean, essentially, she just used the basics of my cocktail and created a whole new cocktail. And she wouldn't have thought to do that if she hadn't had kind of the the base to start with. And I was really flattered. I mean, that's really cool. And yeah. and for, for people like me, I, I don't drink that often. But when I do... I'm doing it for a reason, and that reason is usually to get a buzz. <laughs> so I want to drink good liquor, and I want to drink liquor that I can taste in the cocktail, and I want there to be something special about it. I can taste the vodka in the, the drink you made for us tonight. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's the point. <laughs> and this, this, I mean, this drink is... I mean, cherries. That's yeah. that's so Stockton. I Local love cherries. cherries. Yeah. Before leaving Stockton, Jenny Faye worked at and then eventually owned San Francisco Floral on the Miracle Mile. I asked her how she got into the flower business. My flower shop days seem like a series of oops. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was just kind of floating around. I didn't know what I was going to be doing. And Mike said, you should go work in a flower shop. And I was like, you don't just go work in a flower shop. And I'm sure I like rolled my okay. eyes or whatever. So like, you have to know what you're doing. And I don't know, this flower shop down the street had a position open and I went and applied and I was working like the front counter and I would, you know, help them process flowers and that sort of thing. But I wasn't doing any sort of designing, but he had his two main designers were cousins and he fired one of them. And in the same moment, the other one walked out. Hmm. He literally looked at me and he was like, get back here. You're a designer now. And I was like, no, wait, I don't know what I'm doing. And he's like, just stand next to me and do what I do. <laughs> so that's how I learned. I stood next to him and did what he did. 
And I did that for days. And then I realized that I could just do it. And so I started doing it. And I, I don't know, I read some books and stuff. And this is before I was like an internet person. Yeah, or before anything. we could Google everything. Right. <clears throat> so, you know, I read some books and that sort of thing. And just looked at pictures and tried to recreate them. And, and I realized that I could do it. And then for whatever reason, I left his place and I started working at another place and I ended up at San Francisco Floral on the mile. And my boss was planning to retire. We all knew that. And I decided that I wanted to make a bid for the business. And I told him I wanted to buy it. And he decided to sell it to one of my coworkers. So instead of working for her, I went um, off on my own and I opened Avant Garden, which was um, on the corner of Country Club and Mission. It was in a little renovated 1950s gas station. That's right. And, you know, I really loved that little store. It was it was cool. It was me. It was there was I got I did a couple little art shows there It was really a fun start. You know, I became a mother while I owned that store. And a few years in, I found out that the gal who had um, outbid me for San Francisco Floral was selling and that she was desperate to get out. And so I made her a ridiculously low offer Mm -hmm. and she ended up taking it and I moved into that place and we made a go of it there for a while. Jenny grew up in Stockton. In fact, she's a multi-generation Stocktonian. I asked her if she thinks Stockton has changed since she moved. I don't really think that Stockton has changed a whole lot in the last four years. Maybe it's proximity, but I feel like I am able to see some of the positive changes that are happening in Stockton Hmm. that maybe, maybe I wouldn't have noticed them if I was still here and still trying to struggle through Stockton. I mean, the whole reason that we left was, I mean, it was a combination of things, but the bulk of it was, you know, how do two creative types make a living in Stockton that doesn't have a huge avenue for creative work, like actual paying work. And I knew that we needed to get down there for Mike. I knew that we needed to get down there for me unless I wanted to you know, work some sort of job that was kind of outside of the scope of what I thought I would do. I knew that the flower shop wasn't working. I mean, when our market changed here, San Francisco Floral lost so much business. I mean... Like when the economy collapsed? Yeah, like I'm going to say 2008 to 2010, San Francisco Floral got hit really hard. And it was... All of the doctors, dentists, lawyers, those kinds of people that were getting weekly deliveries. I mean, if you can't pay your bills, you're not going to be buying flowers. So we're a luxury that was super easy to cut. And it just changed for us. And I don't think that, I think the mile might be a little bit more shopper friendly right now. I feel like it was in... The transition of becoming that when I left but I just knew it was time for us to leave mm-hmm. I also knew that I wasn't interested in raising my kids here 
I wanted, I knew that it, it wasn't like this everywhere. And the violence was getting to me. There were some very significant violent moments that happened in very close proximity to me that shook me. Mm-hmm. As a mother, they shook me and I couldn't do it. And that had something to do with it too. So, I mean, the overall reason for us leaving was was financial. We needed to go where we could get work. Yeah. But there were other factors as well. Jenny Fay has a lot going on with her blog and her videos. I asked her about what's coming next for the swearing mom. Will she be writing more? This led her to tell the story about when her house was broken into, a subject she wrote about in a piece titled A Villain, A Mom, and Two Little Boys, and what came from that negative event in her life. Sure, I would, I would really love to get a book published. Um, I'm working on something right now. I, I'm, it's almost ready for pitch, and I'm, I'm really proud of it. You know, the first book that I pitched, I really liked it. And I got some feedback that was pretty brutal. Hmm. And it didn't hurt my feelings at all. It could have. Maybe if I had heard it on the wrong day or whatever. But some way I was able to kind of flip it and decide that that I was just going to take their words and use them for my next project. Uh, there, was, there was a point that I realized that that project was not moving forward. And I didn't have to be told this is over. I just knew that I needed to start working on the next one. And I took all of these negative things and I actually kind of copy and pasted them into one little notes document <laughs> so that I had all these like kind of mean things <laughs> that people had said it's about. It's a little sadistic, but it, a works, little if bit. You can, if it works for you. <laughs> and I kind of just read through it and I had something that was kind of cool was a little bit cookbookish and I, I was really struggling with it being cookbookish because even though I post a ton of recipes I'm not a chef and I just I felt like I just don't really have any place writing a legitimate cookbook hmm. like who am I what am I doing so I was just kind of working through this project and then uh, the day that we uh, posted my very first cocktail video and, and the reason we actually, if I can kind of step back a little bit, the reason that we did all three cocktail videos instead of any food was because I knew that my 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 cocktail book was was coming. Like I knew that my my next project was going to be centered around cocktails. So I was kind of trying to back that up. Like it, there was a strategic hmm. reason for that. Yeah. And um, when it. When the day that we public that we released the first video, um, I was kind of walking on a cloud, feeling really good about this. It was super, super exciting that I had, you know, like I'm a big girl, and I it was really hard to see myself on on film because you know you pick yourself apart. Like I saw my double chin, and you know, mm-hmm. like oh man, like, like I'm standing that way in my gut, and you know whatever, but like. I was able in some capacity just to go, you know what? Like, I don't fucking care about that shit. Like, look what I just did. I did this. I made a video and people are watching it. And I had friends that were just supporting me 
that I didn't even realize were looking. <laughs> and it felt really, really good. And I came home that night. And I had my kids. We had gone to baseball practice. And we came in the house. And all of a sudden, I realized that we had been robbed. <laughs> when... I first realized what had happened and I was like standing in my neighbor's yard calling the police because at that moment I was unsure if there was still a person in my home. I knew that I had heard the person in my home and I wasn't certain if they were still there. So I grabbed my kids and ran out and I was standing in my neighbor's yard shaking and I remember thinking to myself of all the fucking times they would have to do it when Mike's gone. And, you know, of course they did when Mike's gone. If if they had done it, if if they had come and he had been there, they wouldn't have done it. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just part of the process. Like, I, it always seems like the kids get sick when he's gone or whatever. But that's just life. You just you just do. You just power through it. And. That was like a crazy moment. Like talk about a crazy dichotomy of feelings. Mm -hmm. And I ended up, I mean, you know, not to belabor the the robbery because screw them. They don't get that much of my time. But they had taken my laptop. And, you know, I mean, yeah, okay, everything should have been backed up to a second source or whatever. But it wasn't. And I lost my book. And um, I was like. The work that I had lost my book so many photos of recipes which you know obviously I still have the recipes but they still have to all be remade because the photos are gone and I mean we're just talking weeks of work gone like solid weeks of work gone and it took me a minute and then I'm like kind of a crazy non-sleeper sleeper like I get a lot of sleep but then I have weird sporadic moments where I don't really sleep very well and I woke up in the middle of the night and I had had kind of an epitome of like a new direction that I was taking this book and I absolutely love it like I am feeling myself so hard right now this book is so good I mean I know that I'm bragging but whatever like I love it like I'm much more proud of this direction do you think I mean that talk about turning lemons into lemonade do you think it was a new vantage point that you couldn't have had if you had the first draft in front of you for sure for sure i there's there is zero chance i would have transitioned into this way um i feel like my previous draft was more about the recipes and less about who I am and mm. the the point I'm trying to get across yeah. and without giving too terribly much away about the book there it is a book about cocktails it it is a book about happy hours um, but really it's a book about the happiest hours it's a book about the things that are important in life and the things that are important to me my girlfriends my husband my family my my um who I am as a person, the way that I live my life, the mm-hmm. way I interact with people, those things, those wow. those kind of moments intermixed with cocktails. Yeah. 
sounds like you know the cocktails become the recipes become the backdrop by which you tell the story as opposed to them taking center stage for sure wow i'm excited i can't wait to thank you i'm excited too and and i hope that i hope that i'm able to show it to you in a way that is is uh professional and real sooner than later i asked jenny faye what she likes to do when she's back in stockton I Mm -hmm. need to see my family. I need to see my friends. There are certain people that I just can't not see. I mean, when I come here, I mean, even there's certain places I want to go drink coffee. I like to go to Mike Brookings place and have a cup of coffee because he's special. And I like to go see Miss Janelle, who was our daycare provider, because she was Mm -hmm. like such a major part of my life. And she, you know, people might be like, well, she's just a daycare lady, but... She's family. Like, she's Miss mm-hmm. Janelle. There's no other Miss Janelles wow. in this world. Um, but, I mean, I, I like getting to be with my parents. Like, the, really, probably the most important thing is watching my kids be with my folks. Like, mm-hmm. you know, my dad had something real special going on with Cosmo, and I know he was not okay with us leaving. Like, by not okay, and I'm sorry, Dad, I'm about to call you out. He sat on his porch and watched every one of our friends load up a U-Haul when we were leaving because he just couldn't bear it. And I could just see it. He just couldn't bear it. And Cosmo's he just, your oldest. Cosmo's my oldest, yes. And my dad couldn't bear that I was taking his boys away. I'm doing air quotes, his boys. Yeah. And he he just was almost pouting that I was doing that. And a few weeks later, they came to visit us, and we went to go get donuts because Papa gets donuts for the boys. This is a Papa thing. And he looked around our neighborhood in Pasadena, and he said, I understand why you left. And that was it. He's a man of few words, and most of the words come out sounding more like a grumble. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but I knew what he meant, and it mattered. Yeah. On The Swearing Mom, Jenny Faye writes a lot of great food and drink recipes. She also has a lot to say on other subjects as well. I asked her what her most read post has been. Uh, it's the fattest girl in the room. Oh. Uh, people, people sometimes like what I have to say when it's not a recipe, too. <laughs> um, it's just what it feels like to be the fattest girl in the room and how you have to really try hard to give not a fuck about it. You just can't. I mean, in this day and age, like we're too busy. We can't, we can't, we can't care about that stuff. Like we're like, I'm not defined by my weight. I refuse to be. It was a, it was a beautiful piece. Um, I enjoyed it. And I wonder you words come so easily to you at least the written word and as long as i have known you the spoken word you never had a shortage of opinions or things to say i take that as a compliment which is why i I was gonna say i think it's why people love you and it's why people don't like me yeah you know that's if, if everybody likes you i think a you've been striving for the wrong things in life but um uh also i think that you're probably lying to yourself correct but I look at pieces like this because nestled throughout these amazing drink recipes and food recipes, and one of my favorite pieces is a 
I don't remember the title, even though I have it right here in front of me, but it was um, something to the, the way that I describe it is, uh, I have a vegan coming over for dinner. What do I do? And because I have vegetarian children and vegan family members and friends, I really loved that. I loved the way that it was presented, but nestled into these recipes, drink recipes and food recipes is this wonderful post, the fattest girl in the room. Is that as easy for you to write as it is everything else? So I don't want to sound like a dick, but yes, (laughs) those are the easiest things to write. And it's, they're just inspired. I mean, it's not, there's, I'm not forcing it. It's, I'm writing it because I'm feeling it. And I mean, those are, that's my real raw feelings. And somehow the universe has bestowed upon me the gift of being able to put them down and in a way that makes people feel where I'm coming from. And I am very grateful that I have that gift because um, it feels amazing to get it out of me and then to reread it and to know that it packs a punch. Those, those things, it, those are, those are the easiest things for me to write because they just come. It's, I couldn't stop it if I tried. Music for today's show is Brand New Revolution from Icarus Jones. Find him at IcarusJones.bandcamp.com. Jenny Faye has written a lot about being a swearing mom, and she makes no apologies about that. I don't. And you know what? Because it's just words, and we're kind of puritanical in this country <laughs> over those words, and it's kind of annoying to me. Um, I'm not less of or more of a lady if I say the word fuck. And likewise, you know, I'm not going to censor myself in front of my kids. I am who I am. And I'm not a bad mom because I say words that are profane, Mm -hmm. more air quotes. Um, I have a rule, kind of. I mean, it's not carved in stone, but kind of my parenting rule regarding cussing is don't get caught. And what I mean by that is not go be sneaky and cuss every second you get. But what I mean by that is I don't care about the words. And if you and your little buddy want to go and say some cuss words, you're going to do that whether I say it's okay or not. I mean, one of my husband's favorite stories about cussing is he and one of his buddies just walked out on the play yard in kindergarten and just said every bad word they could think of out in the yard. Just the (laughs) two of them walking around saying bad words kids are going to do it and my kids are going to do it and I don't care go ahead and do that but know this I do care about you disrespecting adults so if you get caught that means you disrespect an adult and now you're in trouble Hmm. so don't get caught yeah they're they're grown-up words (laughs) you're not the same as as grown-ups but as a child don't go tell your teacher to f off correct yeah or don't even get caught saying fuck in front of your teacher because you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> if you want to roll the dice and say I'm with your friends. I mean, I kind of feel like like cussing with your contemporaries is kind of like a rite of passage. Like as a kid, you know, you totally. just do it and you kind of see how far you can get with that sort of thing. But but you can't you have to know that you've got to show some respect for the adults around you. Mm-hmm. And as your mother, 
I'm going to make sure that you're in trouble <laughs> if you don't. <laughs> Jenny Faye can be described in many ways. One thing for sure is that she takes her role of being a mother seriously. I asked her about her thoughts on raising her sons. Well, I think I need to always remember that I'm raising somebody's husband. Hmm. And whether they were to marry a woman or a man, they're still going to be somebody's husband. Mm -hmm. And I need them to be good, conscientious, loving, kind individuals. I mean, what do we all want for our kids, right? I mean, I could say the things like I'm raising feminists, but I mean, we don't talk like that. I don't say you're a feminist, Cosmo. Like Hmm. we, we don't talk like that, but he did hear about Orlando and was like, Mom, why would anybody care who somebody else married? Like, why would somebody care if a boy married a boy? And, I mean, there's been other times where we've talked about how, you know, women aren't allowed to do certain things in certain countries. And and he doesn't, he just doesn't get the mindset behind it. And because he doesn't get that, that makes me feel like, well, like Mike and I are doing our jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, we're making them understand that this is that life isn't about, you know, male versus female or whatever. It's mm-hmm. it we're all people and we're all struggling the same mm-hmm. struggle and we're all fighting towards the same end. Mm-hmm. And I just want them to be good people. I just want them I also want them to be free thinkers, which I struggle with because I'm a control freak. So part of me just is do what I say, do what I say, you know. <laughs> But they also have to do what they think is right, too. You know, yeah. so I, you know, I try to walk the line and make sure that they have a little bit of say over their life, too. Yeah. So does that mean the swearing mom is not a pushover mom? <laughs> no, I'm not a pushover. <laughs> no, I, um, uh, Mike has a way more laid back way of parenting sometimes i mean he's a yeller too we're both yellers like we both mm-hmm. have our moments but um but he's he's got a a way more lax style about him at the same time i feel like i might be a little more in tune with the reasons that they behave in certain ways like like when lucius my youngest is acting cranky i I'm able to reflect on whether that is, you know, hunger or sleep issues, um, overstimulation, whatever. When my oldest is acting kind of jerky, I can go, hey, you know, he's starting a new camp tomorrow. He's he's starting to feel the nerves from that. So he's reacting to his nerves. So, you know, cut him some slack, Mike, like, you know, he's, you know, going to be kind of sensitive tonight. Let it go. So, I mean, I feel like I'm in, I'm in tune with the whys sometime, not the whys, but the, the why Hmm. sometimes. Um, but Mike also has a more laid back approach. So, so we find balance in that way. Interesting. Jenny Faye is married to Michael Kluster the Stockton-raised musician and keyboardist for the band Smash Mouth, whose musical ties run very deep in Stockton. In her blog, she refers to him simply as 
Oh, the rock star? You just refer to him as the rock star. <laughs> Which is like a tongue-in-cheek joke because, like, that's just not... He's just, like, dad or dork at our house, you know? <laughs> it's not really, like, like, oh, he's the rock star. I imagine it's a lot like it is being married to you or, you know, anyone else. I mean, he's... It, only we have more people with long hair coming to our house. <laughs> I mean, he's he's a really humble guy. You know, he doesn't yeah. he doesn't put on airs. Um, I I think I'm telling him he's better than he is telling himself that he is. Um, half the time, you know. Um, sometimes, you know, it it was kind of a weird thing because I. I grew up with parents who did things together, who watched TV together, who, you know, worked the same schedule and all of their socializing was done together and all this sort of thing. And I guess I kind of figured it would be that way for me. Instead, we have this completely independent life from each other, which really works for us. I mean, we don't do a ton of our socializing together. Our schedules are completely opposite. We don't ever sit down and watch a TV show together like ever that never happens and it's okay and I mean when he's gone it used to be I would spend a lot of time at the bar or something like that because I just didn't want to be home alone in an empty house Um, but then I had kids and it was like okay my house is not empty I I have a kid and it became a different struggle like oh my gosh now I'm, I'm a mom by myself for part of the year because he travels and then and it's just things you just make it work because when he's not traveling he's there more than a dad who's working a nine-to-five mm-hmm. so I mean our life is is sort of unique but we have a lot of friends that have a similar kind of life so I relate to a lot of people who who live similarly. Um, but I mean, we do, we do what we, we do the best we can with what we have to work with. We spend the time that we spend together is quality and it's good. And I don't feel lost because he doesn't watch Downton Abbey with me or whatever. <laughs> and I'm sure he doesn't feel a loss that I'm not watching the scarab beetles of ancient Egypt found under the tomb or some <laughs> shit like that, like whatever. So I think we have this kind of symbiotic relationship now after 19 years and, you know, married almost 14 and we kind of, you know, get what the other one needs. I mean, he's my biggest fan. Like he's he's so supportive. He believes that I can do things to the point that it's almost annoying sometimes. He's like, well, just do it. And I'm just like, fuck you. What am I supposed to do? Like, when? When should I fit that in? You know, but I mean, he's right. Like, you just got to do things sometimes. Yeah. I mean, he's when he's home, he's with the kids and he's so amazing. I mean, he's he's playing ball. He's doing the ABCs with Lucius. He's doing the things that need to be done with the kids. He's He's a really great father who happens to travel for work. Yeah. Travel for work means something different in in uh, your family, so your your two boys will think of that very differently than uh, a dad that works nine to five. But yeah, yeah. I mean, 
They do, but I, they also don't know anything different. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, I mean, I, Cosmo one time, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to be able to quote this accurately, but one time he was listening to like ACDC or something and he said Mike said he was taken off to go play rock and roll and Cosmo goes well dad you're kind of like half rock <laughs> like like this because he was listening to ACDC he's like this is this is rock you know the swearing mom also has a popular secret Facebook group I hear about it from time to time from the women in my life but I can't be on there because I'm a guy I struggled with that because of, you know, equality and not having a double standard and all that stuff. But there's plenty of men's only groups. So, you know, fuck that shit. Yeah, like most of the world. Right. (laughs) So here's here's my main reason. Okay, I started this swearing moms group. It's a secret group. You have to be invited. You cannot um, you can't be um, you can't you can't find it it and join it. And it's, I started it as kind of a social experiment. Um, I belong to a lot of mommy groups throughout the years. And more often than not, they are run by moderators who have a lot of rules. And, you know, one of the rules is that you cannot self-promote. And as women who are supposed to be empowering each other, how the fuck does that work? Oh, yeah. I don't like that rule. I think that rule is so lame. I got kicked out of a group recently for posting a blog post that was relevant to a topic that was being discussed in the group hmm. and just sharing a link. And I got a very snarky private message saying that I needed to take it down or that they would take it down. And I was like, why don't you just take it down then? And she was like, well, I'd like to give you the opportunity to correct your mistake. And I said, well, I don't think it was a mistake. (laughs) It's relevant to a conversation that was being had. I really don't see any reason why I shouldn't have shared it. I'm not selling anything. You know, I just was sharing an opinion. If I had written it all in a post, they wouldn't have been angry about it. They just didn't want me sharing a link. And I mean, I'm not like, I don't care that much about that, but I found that to just be like, so control freak weirdo shit, you know? And so I started this, this secret group as a way to tell girls that, Hey, if you're selling something, you sell it here. You need to, you need to say that your kid is being a fucking jerk. It's okay. We understand because all of our kids have been a fucking jerk. Do you need to cry because you're just tired and you can't stand it anymore and you're single and you don't have anybody helping you and you're going to work every day and you're just exhausted and, and you know, rent's due and you're struggling and you need to just say that in a place where people aren't going to judge you or, or feel the need to feel sorry for you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you did that with your regular friends page, you would probably people might feel like they had to do something to help you but instead in this place you could say it and there's all of a sudden I think we have like almost a thousand members and they are almost 
always jumping on the bandwagon of you've got this girl. You've got this. Don't you worry about this girl. And because of the whole swearing mom thing, it started as a total cuss fest. Like everyone was like, fuck this and my asshole that and fuckity fuck, fuck, fuck. Crazy, crazy. And then it started being this place where people decided that it was cute to vent really hard and very often. And it was it turned into this like whole negative vibe. And I was like, this isn't even fun. I don't even enjoy this. Hmm. So I decided one day I was going to make like a positive Monday. Like, okay, this Monday, I gave them like a few days notice to wrap their heads around it. <laughs> I was like, this Monday, we're going to be all positive. Just so you know. Every post is going to be positive. You can go back to your regularly scheduled negative programming on Tuesday. But this Monday, it's going to be all positive all day. And some of the women were mad. They were like, how dare you tell me when I have to be positive? And I replied that I'm not telling you you have to be positive. I'm just saying that you cannot share negativity here today. And... I do not regret that for one minute. I almost didn't do it, but I don't regret it because it has kind of reset the group into a much more positive environment, which I enjoy because I really feel like you get bogged down in the mire of negativity. Negativity breeds negativity. Especially on Facebook and the internet. And and if you're just going to waller in your own ugliness for a while, it's going to perpetuate itself through every other aspect of your life. So, you know, try not to. We all have bad days and it's okay to vent that. But if you're good, if your good doesn't outweigh your bad, you got to look at it and go, hey. It's been really fun. And I, it's not, it's not a thing. I don't have to moderate it. Like, it's just, it's kind of taken a life of its own. And I, I enjoy it. I enjoy watching other women come to the aid of other women and instead of tearing them to pieces, which happens in our culture way too much. And it's been overall a very positive thing. And um, I've seen some women who I don't know from Adam, but boy, could I tell they needed it. And they needed it way more than I do. Like, this isn't, I don't need it. I could shut it off tomorrow and it's, it, my life would be okay. But I really feel like some people in that group have gotten some very important things in their life from it. And I, mm. I don't mean to make it sound like it's a bigger deal than it is. It's just that you just don't realize how sometimes there's just, for someone like me who I don't have a hard time making friends I like meeting new people. I cherish the friends, friendships that I've fostered for decades. I don't understand the person that doesn't have any friends. And there's girls out there that don't, and they need sound advice from other women. Because there is, you know, there are differences in the gender, and there are certain areas of advice that getting from a woman yeah. is a necessary thing. Jenny Faye has turned the swearing mom into more than just a blog. She's building a community. 
I think we're going to be seeing a lot more great stuff coming from the Swarry Mom. Thanks, Jenny Faye, for sitting down with me. First you see stars and next you see nothing It's sort of like the effects of too much weed puffing I'm a bad mother upper man coming off at the cuff And I'm keeping it on the up and up never stop Thank you for listening to Podcast Stockton And thank you to Jenny Faye Clooster for coming on the show Read her blog at swearingmom.com Follow her on Facebook at facebook.com Slash the swearing mom All the links in today's show will be included in our show notes At podcaststockton.com We'd love to hear your feedback Call us on our listener line at 565-3229, email us at podcaststockton at gmail.com, or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, username Podcast Stockton. Podcast Stockton is Susan Spraker, Greg Barr, Rod Gomez, Manuel Montes, and me, Matt Beckwith. We'll be back in two weeks with another show, and until then, make it great, Stockton. We'll get your body parts pumping like electrocution Till your head starts thumping and you lose control Welcome to a brand new revolution That's not recommended for those without soul You will be the first person that we publish a, a show with the um, with the explicit tag, and we're, we're honored and proud for you to be our first. Sweet. Um, Can it be the same explicit tag that is used on like hardcore rap CDs? Oh yes, like the parental warning. Yes, I would really PMOG. like that. Please, <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> Only people that live in Stockton get to be on this show, <laughs> and I don't live here anymore. I mean, when I first was like hearing about this show, I was like, oh, I don't live in stock anymore. And then you let my husband be on it. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, there's hope. <laughs> well, but I mean, um, Stockton is home. Yeah. It's, I mean, we've we've only spent 10 percent of our lives somewhere else.